0: Everybody and welcome back to another fun episode of Oh God It Hurts,
1: James. I gotta yeah. tell you something.
0: Oh tell God It something. Hurts. Ah. Uh, <laughs> hey, the levels. You're destroying the levels, my friend.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm so excited you, to, to hear from you again, my friend. <laughs> I'm You're so sure. far
2: away. Your your,
0: your voice.
1: Sure. Your voice. I miss it so much. It's like a you know two-week visit every every two-week visit Yep, i miss
2: it so much
0: just a long distance audio only conjugal visit
1: yes (laughs) i'm sorry to burst your eardrums i'll behave like a good boy
0: watch those levels man okay (laughs) the levels are spiking i'm sorry all right so uh as always (laughs) i am jjj aka the six button samurai and with me, of course, is the mighty, mighty game agent E.T. Eddie Tang. How hey, are you, sir?
1: Doing great. Um, yeah, just uh, relaxing a little bit because uh, my main job is a English teacher in Japan, and uh, in Japan, the school season or uh, the school year ends around March, end of March. So mm-hmm. the work is
0: uh, so it's getting, it's getting into like becoming. finals time, then right?
1: Well, I teach uh, elementary school kids, so they don't really have so finals. I don't have finals. Okay. But uh, the sixth graders are going to graduate, and there's going to be a ceremony in a couple weeks, and then after that, less classes, and then just maybe one or two weeks of just cold kicking it, Mm-mm. and uh, the new year starts in April. Nice. Yeah. How about you? What's going on?
0: So you're going to be like school in summertime, no class. <laughs>
1: Well, well, it'll be springtime, but yeah, kind of similar, I guess. But excellent. I, uh, I still get no class, though.
0: Right, 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 right. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> uh, I am, to answer your question, yes. I am doing well right now. Um, you know, it is. Uh it's it's been a it's been a strange bit of weather here in Tucson as of late. Um a little bit colder than usual, but by cold I mean like high of 60,
1: not oh, 75. Man. I know. I want it's, that so bad cuz
0: it's really absolutely nothing to complain about.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know around these parts you have to enjoy it before the mercury goes north of 110. Yeah. So
1: Hear you on that, but uh, here in Osaka, it's about 30 degrees Fahrenheit for today, so it's actually quite cold, about minus one Celsius, uh, for those in the Celsius movement. Um, but you mean it's gonna get
0: the entire rest of the world besides Uh, America? (laughs) Yeah,
1: we're a unique breed, we we follow our own rules, we have our own confusing units.
2: Yeah, we 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 don't conform to anyone. That's cool. We're just yeah, we're our own peoples. You should yeah, (laughs) got to chart your own path, man. Exactly. (laughs) That's why, why.
0: So we have a very very heavy slate of things to work through on the water cooler. This is probably going to be the most water cooler and newsy crunching episode we've done so far because a lot of things happened um in particular something that ed and i care deeply about there being a major event or non-event depending on your perspective on things with the announcements or little handful of announcements that came from capcom this week um eddie do you want to do you want to spill the beans on uh what we learned this week
2: well basically
1: uh capcom ended their street fighter competitive season with capcom cup and mm-hmm. at the same time they had this sort of countdown timer on a website mm-hmm. that people were trying to figure out what was going on like what are right. they going to announce and then Mm-hmm. Some people put two and two together saying, oh, well, this, this count uh, countdown timer coincides with the end of Capcom Cup, so maybe it's Street Fighter VI. Right. It turns out it was not one, but two announcements. Mm-hmm. The first announcement, which I was really excited for, was right. the announcement of Capcom Fighting Collection. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you didn't hear about this yet, this New fighting collection will be out for modern consoles like Switch, Xbox One X, and not. Is it Xbox Series X? Yeah. The Xbox Series yep. and, and PlayStation. X. Yes. And uh I believe PlayStation 4 and 5 mm-hmm. along with PC, Steam, right? Yep. Okay. So
0: basically everything.
1: Yeah. And finally, you'll be able to play a game called Red Earth which has never been released on home consoles before uh Mm -hmm. it's a mix of rpg and fighting and it has some cool characters
0: first cps3 title was it not
1: that it is it -hmm. has a really amazing animation and beautiful artwork and i'm excited to try that out uh but that's not the only game that's coming out of course since it's a collection there's gonna be uh games like puzzle fighter along with pocket fighter which uh if you haven't played those games yet they're miniature versions of street fighter characters and other characters from the capcom fighting universe one is a puzzle Mm -hmm. game one is a fighting game and those are very fun to play there's also cyberbots yeah also there's cyberbots which uh if you love mechs you're definitely gonna love this game and also uh, anyone who loves the Dark Vampire series, finally, you'll get something on your modern console to to play these games on, and with
0: rollback netcode, no less.
1: Yes, and I believe online lobbies, right? And uh, it's gonna have a uh, the usual galleries that show like the preconceptual artwork before the game's release, things like that, and yeah it's gonna be fun i'm really excited how about you how do you feel about this
0: i i am excited for it Mm -hmm. um although like i'm a little bit jaded by the sheer number of retro compilations that capcom has dropped in this vein Mm. um i don't know like the fact that it's you're going to get net code for all of the vampire games. That's pretty spectacular. And that alone will probably warrant a purchase for me, especially since I've gotten much more back into the online fighting swing of things because of KOF 15. Yes. Um, so it's, I would say it's, it's also a really good moment for those things to drop. Um,
1: yeah, I agree. I don't know. Chose-
0: like, I hope we also get physical copies of these, but I'm not holding my breath for that.
1: It, it will have a physical copy in Japan. We don't know for okay. sure about the U.S. There is a website that I believe it showed in English that there's going to be physical copies, but it hasn't been announced by any company. Well, shops like gamestop or whatnot like you can reserve physical copies but hopefully they will have the physical games because we'll talk more about that later but yeah yeah keep your physical copies while you can
0: it's true um yeah i mean who knows i mean a, a physical release in japan always seems like much more of a likely proposition like you guys actually got the um belt action collection
2: Yes, we do. We have that. Release.
0: Yes. Right. Um, so I don't know. Maybe if there is an English one, like if it doesn't come out in the US, that might be like an Asian territory thing. Yeah. So or it cheap. might be a thing to try and dig up at like Play Asia or something.
1: Exactly. But what excites me is I believe this is the first time that Capcom has rollback back Netcode on a fighting mm-hmm. series of any sort. So right. that may bode well for any potential fighting game down the road. And also, right. uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, you could only play three games online, I believe, compared mm-hmm. to this collection where all the games are playable online. Right. So that's a good step. That's good and step. And that right online direction.
0: experience was still a little bit. Eh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, the um, side. yeah, I mean, Digital Eclipse, I believe, was in charge of porting that, and they mm-hmm. did the best they could, but yeah, right. it didn't have rollback, and yeah, they only chose, what was it, Alpha 3, Super Turbo, and uh, Street Fighter 3, Third Strike, as the only online games that you can play. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know who's making the fighting collection, if it's in-house, or if they uh let someone else do it for porting. Uh but, no, I
0: think it was it was it was Super Turbo, Third Strike, and Hyper Fighting. Was I it don't Hyper... think an alpha title actually got
1: on no, one no. play? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because okay. But yeah, oh yeah, I also forgot. St- Hyper Street Fighter 2 is also part of this collection. Which mm-hmm. is that really funky uh I guess uh, everything crammed together for Street Fighter 2, like from Street Fighter 2 to Street Fighter 2 Turbo to Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, all those modes into one Street Fighter game.
0: You can basically get any version of any character from the five SF2 releases. Yeah. is basically playable in there. So like you can have vanilla World Warrior Guile with the ridiculous jabs or... You know, Dictator with the, you know, six or seven blocked hits off of the Psycho Crusher.
2: Yeah. And so
1: basically, they'll follow the same rules as their uh, uh, parent game, where some games you can tech throw, which means that you can soften your throw and you can recover, but you lose a little bit of life. Or Mm -hmm. if you pick the older generation of Street Fighter characters, Anytime you throw, it's irreversible.
0: Meaty, yeah. <laughs> so
1: if you like to jab
2: and throw, it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you like to yeah, jab so, and throw. I mean, it...
0: <laughs> was, was it? What's the? Oh damn it! What's the Japanese phrase for that? I don't like remember. Throw jank. Uh... I they said it in um. They said it in High Score Girl. Damn it!
1: It's not a tick throw, is it?
0: No, it's like throw jank or something. There's something to that effect that like, but it basically means like jab throwing.
1: Hmm. I don't remember, <laughs> but if you haven't watched that series yet, uh, check it out on Netflix. High score girl. Great yeah. stuff. If you like yeah, video games in general, especially the little retro titles, I think yep. you'll love this. It's a really good love story anime, but yeah. Yeah, if us gamers wrote it, that's what you get. Yeah, I mean it, it really right.
0: like yeah. I was just like it's got a really interesting dynamic between the two characters, the two primary characters in the show. Yeah. Um but it also has like this unbelievable level of minutiae as far as like just a slew of classic games. I mean, you know, the sort of um the alchemy stuff that happens in Final Fight or, like, the tick throw stuff in SF2. Like, you know, it's it's an interesting, it's a very interesting thing to have a sort of romantic anime story like that wedded to, like, this unbelievably, like, deep-cut selection of oddball retro knowledge. So it's yeah. it's kind of a must. The, the guy um, who
1: made that series knew his stuff, man. He's pretty, for sure. Pretty old Taku. Yeah.
0: Right. Man, so the other great. half of this Capcom announcement was a super duper early teaser trailer for Street Fighter six. Yeah. Now, um, what, what did you think about this trailer, Eddie?
1: After seeing this trailer, all I could think was two things. Number one, Okay, Street Fighter 6 is now official. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number two, that logo I don't like at all. <laughs> and right. I'll tell you why. It's just because from Street Fighter 1 to Street Fighter 6, they use basically the same logo. And that logo is very iconic. It's It's very expressive, and it feels a lot like what the series is it, it feels like kind of like an old kung fu f- cl- uh, flick uh, uh, basically it's something that if you see it from a mile away you'll say oh that's street fighter but then mm-hmm. when you look at this logo it just looks like i don't know what you want to do with this logo it looks kind of like esports it looks like an nft profile with the hexagon and it looks like or
0: fitness app
1: fitness app or social media app with the notifications turned on
2: or uh, MMA type of ordeal because of the hexagon yeah but yeah I I don't know it it just made me feel like
1: uh, I hope this is not going to be a type of game where they're trying to force things and make it different for the sake of being different you know what I mean?
0: Right. I or rather... striving to appeal to an audience that, at the end of the day, they're not that interested in Street Fighter for what it was and never will be.
1: Well, I think they kind of <laughs> made that mistake last time, too, with the uh, Street Fighter V launch. They kind of catered right. more to the esports guys, which, is, mm-hmm. which are less than 1% of the people that actually buy the game. Right. So this time around, I know it's a trailer and it's very early,
2: but yeah, everything I saw in that trailer was kind of a little bit overdone. I,
1: I'm just waiting for gameplay. That's all I can say. I don't want to put any thoughts about it right now. All, like I said before, mm-hmm. all I know is that, okay, it now exists. I don't have to say if it comes out, it will come out. I just hope that it will come out uh, in a fun state. Something mm-hmm. that I want to play because I love Street Fighter. So I, I'll just wait until summer.
0: Well, that's even a weird thing unto itself, though, because functionally, like, the Luke announcement for the last season of Street Fighter v yeah, essentially confirmed that there was a Street Fighter Six coming and mm-hmm. in development. Yeah. So, even though this was the first word about SF6 in and of itself, it didn't bring anything we didn't know. You know? Yeah.
2: What I mean, I mean <laughs> it was just a, like a
1: CGI movie.
0: Right. I mean, it's literally like what, a minute, minute and a half? Yeah. And. Yeah.
1: Con- Contrast this to uh, a game that came out recently, King of Fighters 15.
2: Right.
0: And Rue is uh, very wide.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and his manhood is very uh, visible. <laughs> yes,
0: and Kotaku uh, so- got a lot of mileage out of that with their. Someone- uh, yeah. The fish. Yeah.
2: The k- <laughs> fish uh-huh. And
1: uh, someone has a foot fetish. <laughs> yes and uh i didn't know veins could flow like ebb and flow like the rivers
2: of 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 the world yeah yeah with luke kind of doing his flex mm-hmm. yeah i just like i said it,
1: that that cgi was definitely a try hard mm-hmm. i mean i'll just wait until the gameplay shows up but yeah for right now
2: i don't know how do you feel i want to know your um thought. I
0: I don't know man like I I will always love Street Fighter and I want it to be good and I want it to be successful. Yeah. Um I still feel as if and I really felt this with Street Fighter 5 that there was this attempt to sort of remake it for an audience that probably didn't care about it so much. um, Like, especially just given, you know, the struggles that that title faced early on where it was so lightweight in terms of content, like actual playable single-player content. And it was obvious that the emphasis really was on the entire esports thing and i get it you know that's the way that games continue to live a life particular with particularly with fighting games that it's you know it's about having seasons worth of dlc that follow up a title you know it's not just about that initial you know 59.99 msrp that drops um but it just felt as if it jettisoned so much of what you expect from a street fighter title when it drops. I mean, you even contrast that with vanilla SF four. There was a lot of content to be had with that very first title. Even if the roster was a little bit on the slim side, like, There was still, like, a fully realized sort of arcade mode, you know, it had proper endings for folks, and it was really kind of a shocker to get such a bare-bones offering for Street Fighter with SF-5 at at the beginning of it.
2: Yeah,
1: I think... Well, the reason why I would believe is because when Street Fighter 4 came out, it didn't start off as a console title. It started off as a game at uh, the game centers in Japan. And it Mm -hmm. took about almost a year before it came to consoles. And of course, when you have a fighting game of any sort in the arcades, the focus is more on just having the gameplay and having uh, people play each other. And the story content is usually uh, regulated to the console versions so mm-hmm. yeah i think that sort of mentality changed a lot with just as time went on with video games because uh i mean when if we remember street fighter 2 in the arcades uh those endings were already there as as part of the final product in arcades before it came to the home systems right mm-hmm But I don't know why they made that change where, like I said, in Street Fighter 4, uh, the arcade version did not have, I don't believe it had endings. Right. Yeah. And then they added those endings when the uh, home version came out. And then they Mm -hmm. updated that uh, to the arcade version as well. Once the console versions came out, I believe. I don't remember correctly, but I may not remember it correctly, but I believe that's what happened. So.
0: Uh, I mean, even that—that's, uh, thats a while ago now. I mean, the home version of SF4 dropped in what 2008, yeah, or nine,
1: 2008. Maybe it was believe.
0: 2009.
1: Yeah, 2009. I think 2008 is when around the time Street Fighter dropped. Uh, Four dropped in uh, Japanese arcades. I was only right because it was that summer
0: when I came out, yeah. and I was there with you at that second location test. Yeah. So, yeah, it came out in 09. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, like, I don't want to be pessimistic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that really struck me the most, though, is that there definitely seemed to be
2: a little bit of FOMO
0: from Capcom. You know, not. It seemed like there was some at least part of the motivation for doing that announcement the way they did it mm-hmm. was to deflect a little bit of hype away from k o f fifteen
2: yeah, it's possible on I some
0: think. level you know
1: yeah my my thoughts are is because it coincided with the end of Capcom Cup, that's what they were planning, but it seemed like they didn't have convenient
0: enough. at least, yeah but. <laughs>
1: I don't think they had enough gameplay to show to show right. it in time for the end of Capcom Cup. So that's why they said at the around summertime of this year, they'll show hopefully more. Right. And I do hope Here's some
0: actual gameplay footage.
1: Yeah. So I just think <laughs> of it as like the usual teaser where they just say, oh, hey, this game's coming out, but uh, we're not going to show you what it looks like yet because it's not finished or not. closed ah yes the street fighter anime uh you gotta watch that you haven't watched it yet watch that beautiful anime the the one from capcom not the tv series one or right yeah i don't know what other ones are out but yeah the original street fighter two uh two animated movie one of the best still the best still one of the best so i recommend it
0: yeah. I don't know. It's tough though. Like if you watch that and uh, yeah, the Fatal Fury movie back to back, yeah, those are both pretty great.
1: They are <laughs> Masami O'Bari. He was. Yeah. He he made a, a new movie for King of Fighters 15. He did. Yeah, I I posted <laughs> it on Twitter. It's a short yeah. movie, but time yeah. is
0: a flat circle. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but he's he's still one of the greatest man. He's one of the artists that I i still adore and right he yeah uh i'm glad he did that for king of fighters 15 because i i was wondering what he was doing nowadays and yeah came back and said hey i can still animate definitely check it out i think it's so
0: in other um kind of (laughs) gossipy news um yeah platinum games also took a swipe in nfts they did this week they did, <laughs> and it was, hilarious. and it was. <laughs> I mean, it was also funny because um, I could be wrong here, mm-hmm. but I feel like some of the staff that presently exists at Platinum are Platinum. also folks that made their way over there from whatever became of Treasure. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to see them talking smack about Konami in particular. <laughs> because a lot of those folks were refugees from Konami in the first place. Yeah. Because they were tired of churning out, you know, sequels to the same things all the time.
1: I think uh one of them was quoted as saying, yeah, if there's money involved, Konami is all over it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Which is why they had that thing with Castlevania and the NFT gallery stuff that they were trying to sell those NFT images and whatnot for. I guess thousands of dollars, if I'm to believe that that actually happened, which I don't know why you would pay so much money for. <laughs> right? Something you could just right-click on for free. It's true. Yeah, but then free.
0: You, you, yeah, but you don't get to walk around saying, "I own this, dude." <laughs> That's where all the pleasure comes from, Ed.
1: Uh, and then
0: about ownership.
1: And then I'll look you in the eye and I'll say, "For how long?" and then they will shut up and they will mourn Mm -hmm. the loss of their money right (laughs) because they know it's true
0: so you know you and i have talked a variety of times about sort of the issues and perils of digital ownership yes we have um before there's been announcements where sony threatened to shut down the digital stores for psp and ps3 that led to a very large outcry and they actually backed off it for a time i don't think that's permanent though i think at some point they're still slated to shut those down Mm -hmm. um and in this period between now and the last episode nintendo announced their shuttering of the 3DS and Wii U digital stores, you know, it, it, the whole thing poses this question where it's basically like, okay, what are people supposed to do if there's a variety of releases from those consoles that they want to legitimately play once this happens?
1: I mean, there's no other way but resort to, I hate to say it, but. You'd have to resort to other means, and you're gonna have to raise that black flag on your sh- on your ship.
0: <laughs> Cross. skull and crossbones, bitch.
3: <laughs>
1: and then we plunder, yarr. Right. I mean, because yeah, you're not offering another alternative, and right. I'm sorry to say this, but you created this landscape. I mean, it's not only Nintendo, but other companies, and right. I. I would say that you're making heroes out of these people who do this for a hobby or even a living where they hack your systems and people are able to extract the digital games so that if people do want to play them, they'll be able to play them by illegitimate means. But I mean, if we're willing to pay for them,
2: why are you? Well, you're basically
0: driving people to do that. Yeah. Because you're not providing any sort of a realistic alternative. Exactly. You know? Um, you know, it's a it's a damn shame that a game like, you know, Legend of Zelda, Link Between Worlds, Mm -hmm. will soon be something that you've either got to strike out in the secondary market and hope to get a copy and a still working three D S system, which those have definitely shot up in price over the course of the last year, year and a half. Yeah. So yeah, I, it really just like, what do you expect players to do?
1: And especially, yeah, with the own download only content. Mm -hmm. That's even worse.
0: Right. Cause it it doesn't exist in any other form.
1: Exactly. And I think uh, video games are the worst media when it comes to things that become disposable we have right. a lot of disposable gaming and that's not good for the the gamers and it's not good for the developers either because mm-hmm. i think i mentioned before if you work on something that you put so much time on and then you find out oh well in a year or two it's going to be gone and no one's going to be able to play your work after that so if you go to like a job interview or if you want to show someone hey i worked on this how are you gonna show it when it's not there anymore? Right. It's terrible. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's something that these video game companies inadvertently made. It's a consequence that they have they they're figuring out in their own ways. I mean, Nintendo's no stranger to this. I mean, they already closed the Wii eShop years ago. And mm-hmm. people are upset us uh, upset about that. Sony. Like you said before, they were attempting to do that, close their digital sales front in the older systems, but then relented after the backlash. And then Microsoft did a good job kind of bringing back legacy titles to their newer systems, which I think they're doing the best job. But we'll see what happens years from now. I mean, because of things like exclusive. Exclusive rights or licensing rights. Sometimes it's impossible to keep something on the storefront for
2: as long as you want. This is true. Yeah. So. But. Otherwise, all I can say is just uh,
1: remember this eShop thing. Even though they said that you cannot get any more titles after March of next year, you cannot add any more funds after september of this year so don't wait too long to buy whatever you want on the e-shops of uh wii u and uh, 3ds because if you don't have any money stored by the end of september i don't know the exact date you're not going to be able to buy anything regardless of the march of 2023 deadline to download Mm -hmm. anything new so be careful about that to all our listeners
0: no, I know there's a lot of people that um, they wound up facing the exact same thing when they closed the eShop for the Wii. And yeah. that was the first time that you're basically dealing with this entire category of software for an existing Nintendo console that's just suddenly completely inaccessible, save yeah. piracy. Exactly.
1: So. And the, the games I really wish I could try were the... You remember the Konami Rebirth series? Yes. How many of those were there? Like three?
0: I want to say there were three. There was a Gradius, there was a Contra, and there was a Castlevania.
1: Did you ever get to play any of
0: those? No, I heard the Castlevania one was fundamentally a remake of one of the Game Boy games.
1: The first adventure game, right?
0: Yeah, and it looked... You know, all of those games, just from screenshots and footage, they look excellent. Like, they really stopped to do, like... A legitimately lush proper you know 2d revival for each of those series so yeah yeah, i mean that's a massive drag that pretty much you know you've got a you've got a soft mod your wii for running homebrew and then uh find the game somewhere yeah (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) basically it sucks that you know people have to resort to doing that now because you've you've cut off other means so I don't really understand, like... Well, I do understand it, like, essentially, it's just, like, the most straight-ahead, like, legalistic response to these things is that, you know, Nintendo is going after hosts of big collections, or particularly anybody that's looking to actually monetize their pirated content. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of... That's sort of a grade above what we're talking about, like that's definitely like extra sketchy, you know, if you're yeah. trying to profit off that stuff, but like if you're just trying to preserve it so that it remains playable, yeah you know increasingly like that kind of thing, like you know no matter what your stance is on it in terms of just you know from an ethical standpoint you know they're they're not wrong in trying to preserve that in some way because literally you're giving you're giving people no other choice.
1: Yeah, it's disposable gaming unfortunately. Yep. But um you know Gabe Newell from Valve, right? Yeah. I think he said it best about piracy. You can't treat them like they're criminals. You got to treat them like they're competition. You got to right. say, "Well, if they're trying to give out our games for free well we're gonna sell our games but we're gonna give you some extra stuff so that you'll feel more compelled to buy
0: the games instead of pirate right you should make that an even better experience for people you, you can be like hey this is properly emulated like there's no bugs and it runs really well on your you know present day console of choice like yeah, I think that's absolutely on the money. Like you yeah. should be going out of your way to be like, "Well, why would you bother to play it that way when you can play it in an authorized way even better?" You know, that should be the mindset. Yeah. But, and most most you know, importantly, it's available. Mhm. <laughs> so, you don't but have I to I mean, carry. I mean, it's we even see like terrible choices being made in other ways. I mean, the way they released the super mario 3d all-stars compilation for switch yeah and that was just for like a six month window like they released it physically Mm. but it was also downloadable Mm -hmm. and then they shut it shut it down after six months i mean
1: no rhyme or reason right (laughs) yeah very it just confused the hell out of everyone like why would you do that I mean, I understand if it's a celebration of Mario for a time period, but you don't have to treat it like, right. yeah, it's like a limited time offer thing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. And don't forget Super Mario 35th or thirty five right. that uh, online Mario game. Right. Where you, it's a battle royale. Mm-hmm. I, I played a little bit and, you know, I, I thought it was okay. But I mean, a lot of people love that game. And why would you take that off? after less than a year
0: it's no pac-man 99 though no it's not
2: (laughs) not. hot take yeah
0: (laughs) i love it so hopefully you know we there's just got to be some sort of better path to these things but you know it seems like on this particular issue like nintendo is really taking a page out of the disney playbook with their whole like Oh, it's in the vault now, sort of thing, you know, just to drive up artificial
1: demand. scarcity, right mm-hmm yeah, I don't agree with that at all don't don't nope. treat us like this is gonna be like a temporary plaything that we're gonna why why would you benefit from that? I don't understand right, wouldn't you make more if you could always have it available? Instead of saying, oh, we're going to have it for one year and kind of pressure people to not only buy the game, but also buy a Switch.
2: Because, mm-hmm. oh my God, if you don't get it before it's gone, then, yeah, too bad. Mm-hmm. What, are they, what were they
1: thinking? That Switch sales were going to go up because of it? No. Right. You're just depriving people of an uh, option to enjoy Mario games, and that's sad.
0: I agree. Did we want to talk about Elden Ring?
1: I don't have the game, but I'll tell I you this either. much. <laughs> I respect the game. It looks cool. But yeah. I I guess we could talk about this someday. It's just yeah. a game that I know it's not for me because mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad game at all. It looks great. It, yeah. it, it looks like a fun game, but it's kind of like Monster Hunter. If you put yeah. that game in my hands, I don't know what to do. <laughs> It's because okay. it's I don't have the dexterity to play that game. Right. And I think I it's cool see that. That. yeah, I, I think it's cool that you die all the time. I love difficult
2: games, but Yeah, you do. I just don't jive with it, you know what I mean. What yeah. do you think? Are you getting I this don't game? know,
0: like I here's the thing. I played the original Demon's Souls mm-hmm. and I did like it. Yeah. I did not finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had that PS3 stolen at my old apartment. As a matter of fact, so oh. the non-finishing of it wasn't exactly a choice. Mm. However, um, I have not caught the from software itch since. Yeah, I know this game ex- exists, and they have a wrapped audience who really loves the absolutely savage beatdowns those games dish out. Yeah. Um, I'm slightly more tempted to, with this one because of the emphasis on story and that which is apparently like, it's apparently like the best traversal experience since Breath of the Wild.
1: Didn't, but they, have, like, didn't they have hmm? someone famous uh, kind of give contributions to that? Was it J.J. Tolkien?
0: No, 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 no he's he's i think it's oh i'm sorry you're thinking of george R. R. martin
1: oh, okay the guy who, who did lord of, of the rings game of
0: th- no game of thrones
1: oh <laughs> see i i yeah please, please don't get angry with me everyone i'm really dumb with some of that stuff that's why i didn't comment on elden ring because it's something that i don't know much about I'm sorry.
0: All you fantasy folks can roll 20s and send hate mail to Eddie Tang at...
1: I don't even know what a 20-sided die does. So, yeah, it falls on deaf
0: ears. Sorry. So, no, I mean, I am tempted because apparently, like, it's a really beautiful experience. It's really deep. It's got just a boatload of world to explore. Um, So, I don't know. I might. Take that plunge because I haven't really played a game like that right now, but like I'm also short of time to play a lot of things right now. And like KOF fifteen is definitely like occupying the lion's share of playtime that I get at the moment. So um,
1: Can you promise me one thing? What? Well, if you do decide to play Elden Ring and uh-huh. if you ever get your Twitch uh account running and stream it online. Yeah. Tell oh. me so I can watch you play and I can live vicariously through you so I don't have okay. to play the game. <laughs> sure. Because I, I love watching D- uh, Dark Souls, Demon Souls. I like watching people mm-hmm. play it, but I just can't yeah. play it. Okay. I mean, that's fair. maybe someday I will try it again, but it just didn't feel yeah. natural to me. And, you know, I think that's okay. I mean, you don't have to we like... We can't
0: all play everything. Yeah. It's not how life works.
1: Yeah, but I can watch. <laughs> I can watch my friends play or live vicariously through speedrunners or whatnot. I whoever I choose to watch, you know, play those type of games that I'm not good at or don't feel comfortable playing.
0: Yeah, I hear you. God Sometime bless the internet. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is a great thing about streaming. Is that you know it's actually a really interesting way to wrap your head around games that you're unsure of. Yeah, you know? or,
1: or let's play videos on YouTube.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
1: that's what I do a lot because like you said, I don't have much time to play video games nowadays. So I'll just I'm content of on watching people play. And yeah, especially if it's something that I don't plan on buying or anytime right. soon or don't care about the storyline being spoiled.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll watch there it. There it is. Yeah.
1: So let me know <laughs> when you start your Twitch channel.
0: Okay. And you'll okay. you'll be an Elden Ring streamer, right? Woo, woo! Something like that. I'll yeah. be the worst one. I'll be your son. Um,
1: <laughs> I'll be your only son.
0: Let's let's not do that.
2: <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> we're gonna take a break right now so you can get the promotional lowdown on a variety of the fantastic other podcasts that are hosted right here on ruminations radio network to explore some of those you'll want to go to ruminations check them out
1: what's up gang this is hoptimus you've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from ruminations radio network if you want some more tasty sound vibes Come check out my new
0: podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at ruminationsradionetwork.com. All right. We are back.
1: Yay. We have we returned. Deal- we still live. We have. Yay. Hallelujah
2: a new day is upon us.
1: halajula
0: yeah so as i sort of uh tumbled into a little bit during the last segment i have in fact been playing a fair amount of king of fighters 15 um, it's just a beautiful beautiful game it's is it
2: it's just the way
0: it is so perfectly in tune with all things, classic SNK, um, but with this unbelievably vibrant, modern coat of paint, um, the animations are beautiful. You know, many of the versions of these, you know, we're dealing with, in some cases, characters that have appeared in like over a dozen games now. And yet, so many of the takes on these classic characters, you know, Terry Bogard, Andy Bogard, Joe Higashi, Mai um, they're unbelievably good. Like, it's just taking what you know fans love about these characters and just making them absolutely sing in Unreal Engine. Um you know, really bridging that line between, you know, the glorious old 2D sprite art and the modern expectations of what a character model like that should look like in a present-day game. Um, I don't know. Like, I've even played characters that previously I have not found terribly responsive or fun in older KOF games. And they seem to be like the most fun versions of these characters yet.
2: Could you like, give an example? I,
0: I actually probably had the best time playing um, the Ikari team—Ralph, um, um. Clark, and Leona. Like, you know, I always had Ralph on my teams in uh, KOF '98. Um, but like he and Clark and Leona all feel incredibly good um so yeah i've been just sort of working on getting the endings apparently there's also a bunch of secret team endings so like even though they're organized into teams for the kof 15 event itself you can pick different selections of characters that sort of make sense given the stories that have come in earlier titles and there are other endings to be found as well. Yeah. I heard they so did that last time. I'm having too. a, yeah, yeah. I'm that having a great cool. time with cool. it. Um, the online code is really, really potent as advertised. Um, I played with our buddy, Mike here in town a number of times. And I mean, I do not have a great connect, great connection. Um, my Xbox is sort of in a side room and I connect via Wi-Fi, but it feels unbelievably responsive. Um, so wow. I literally, to this point, I don't have a bad word to say about KOF 15. I'm just in yeah. awe of what hear, they've man. achieved. Yeah. It, I just, you know, I have such a soft spot in my heart for SNK. I mean, I love the Neo Geo to pieces. I also loved SNK before the Neo Geo. You and I have both talked about this. You know, our love for Akari Warriors, Time Soldiers, Guerrilla War, you know, all those older games that they put out. Vanguard. I mean, you <laughs> go all the way back to Vanguard for yeah, Christ's sake.
1: I know. Um, yeah. KOF has always been a love letter in general to SNK mm-hmm. fans. And that's why I'm glad that they're back. Um, I feel like. Because uh, with KOF-14, they got Mm -hmm. a lot of flack, especially the early moments of KOF-14 where it looked kind of flat-shaded and not very impressive. I mean, they could have given up right then and there, but they didn't, and the fans stuck with them. And they used that to catapult into King of Fighters 15, and I think that's great because I feel that the fans deserve it. Uh the development team definitely deserves the praise that they're getting right now. And I hope this will become a very, very prominent esports uh title for years to come. Because yeah. I think I mean Samurai Showdown did okay. Not as good mm-hmm. as the other games, but I hope King of Fighters 15, especially with the global appeal.
0: Yeah. That it has.
2: No, I, I mean there's
0: there's been enormous fan communities for KOF like throughout Asia and particularly throughout um, Central and South America. Mm -hmm. um, You know, this is a franchise that has a really huge presence in uh, Latin communities in particular. So it's really exciting to think that with this kind of infinitely better online code, like you probably now have more people online playing KOF than ever before yeah so that's a really exciting thing you know particularly for a company that you know they definitely fell on some absolutely hard times i mean you know the early part of the 20th the earliest part of the 21st century was absolutely not good yeah changed for hands S&K and fans yeah, yeah.
1: went I mean, to ELF S- i believe
0: yeah i mean they they suffered just a number of like kind of deaths and resurrections and you know even even after the kind of drubbing they took with k o f fourteen being you know not aesthetically pleasing given the other sort of the standard set by other fighting games on consoles at the time um you know they seem to be a company that is very much just listening and striving to make the best possible thing they can exactly um and i mean i just i can't think of an aspect of kof 15 that isn't like even the credits are entertaining yeah You know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> like like it's stupid like i was just like how are even the credits from this like the the staff role after getting an ending mm. in s- story mode how is even that entertaining? I mean, I'm really just kind uh, of in awe right now.
1: That's awesome to hear because the little things, believe me, people notice. And if you Mm -hmm. do the little things to make fans even happier Mm -hmm. and you're going to cement yourself
2: as you're that, that's, that's my,
0: that's my favorite company. Hail to the King, baby.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) So I think we talked about it before. We talked yep. about how King of Fighters 15 from beginning to end, from the the early stages when they were kind of hyping it up with the reveal trailer to now. It was like a masterclass of just uh, promotion.
0: Yeah, the marketing campaign for that game really is one for the ages, and it's wild to think about them, you know, conceiving of that very long st- You know, string of reveals. Yeah. But (laughs) legitimately, it was like more and more people became interested in that title as time went on. And it worked exactly the way you would hope something like that would.
1: Yeah. It helped that there were that many fighters to begin with. And then Mm -hmm. having those silhouettes saying, kind of like in the Pokemon style, who's that fighter? Who's Uh
0: that Pokemon? Right. Just like Pokemon or Smash Brothers. You know, they played the they played the silhouette game very, very well.
1: Yeah. And in (laughs) contrast to, uh, you know, a game that has six at the end. um, Right. You know, they uh, (laughs) had a lot of things that I mean, people memed about it, but they were positive memes or joking memes that, you know, were lighthearted. Not in a oh, my God, you did this type of negative way.
0: Right. You know? It was more ways of expressing creativity or excitement about the game rather than taking a dump on it, which you know, the internet had a lot of fun with Street Fighter Six's kind of terrible logo over this past week. Like so. more like
1: devious fun than you know, or laughing with you fun than laughing at right.
0: you fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly the content flow you're hoping for if you're like the social media manager at Capcom.
1: Yeah, but you just Capcom. It's not too late if you want to change stuff. Definitely change it. I mean that logo, like King of Fighters 15. They changed their logo from the reveal trailer to what it is now, and it looks great. That logo. I mean right. logo. People are gonna say, "Well, it's a logo. Who cares?" But to be honest, I mean, if you're talking about advertising. You see anything like with the King of Fighters logo on it? You're gonna say, "I know that's King of Fighters." But when you see mm-hmm. something like Street Fighter Six and you brand it the way it is, you're gonna say, "Is this really Street Fighter Six, or is this a cheap knockoff?" Right. What is it supposed to be? This doesn't. Is this like you said? Is this supposed to be like an NFT or a right MMA thing or sports drink? This I don't is not know.
0: my beautiful house.
2: You're not my beautiful wife.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> Uh but yeah. So that was my now playing. Obviously, I'm playing a ton of KOF 15 right now. What are you playing, Eddie? Well,
1: I also have King of Fighters 15, but I haven't played it yet because I'm dreading that big download I have to do because uh I haven't hooked up my PS4 in normal almost, almost two, three years. <laughs> Just set it up and get it running before you go to
0: work one morning. No,
1: that's what I gotta do. I'll probably do yeah. that tonight, hopefully. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, uh, I think uh, the resolution for me beating a game every month, that's get, cutting it close. But right now, I'm working still on Streets of Rage 4. Uh, nice. It's still hard to beat on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Oh, my God. I'm glad I said it on hard because it gives me a sense of hey, if I beat this, I earned it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm really hoping I can beat that by tomorrow because right now right. the 27th of February, so I got another day or so. But um, mm-hmm. another game I've been playing uh, is called Millie and Molly, and it's a game that just came out on the Nintendo Switch. Um, it actually started off as a Commodore 64 game but was released only two years ago. So it's kind of mm. a recent retro title because wow. it's uh, done with sprites and uh, it's also available on Android and iOS. And okay, this uh, game is made by a lot of Commodore 64. Vets. Uh, the guy who made it is Carlton Handley, who's been doing Commodore 64 games since, uh, I'd say, 20, 30 years ago. So yeah, he okay. made this game. I heard about it from a person who is on Instagram. His name is Chun Huakong. Uh he's a great okay. guy. He lives in the UK, I believe. And uh yeah. He he uh introduced me to this game because he did the level design. And nice. It's very, very similar to a lot of puzzle games that you played back in the day on the NES and Game Boy and Super NES. And uh this game is actually kinda inspired by a game called Cat Trap from Asmic. Do you remember this game from uh Game Boy? It's,
0: I think uh, the name rings a bell, but I don't believe I've ever actually played it.
1: Okay. I'll I'll explain it real quick. Uh Cat Trap is um you can get it on Nintendo eShop for the 3DS. Uh get it while you still can for three dollars. But anyways, uh, this game is kind of like a game where there's no consequences. There's no deaths or anything. It's just a puzzle game where you push things, you climb ladders. Your goal is to remove all the enemies by bumping into them. So there's no real weapons. It's just moving stuff around, kind of like Boxel, if you remember that game from Game Boy. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's exactly like the game Cat Trap. From Game Boy. So it's a very fun game. It's easy to play but hard to master. There's a hundred levels. And there's like a rewind and fast forward feature. So like as I mentioned before, there's no penalty for dying. But let's mm-hmm. say you push something push something and you find out, oh god, I trapped myself. Because you can't jump in this game. So if you fall wow. in a pit, you can't move anymore. So Damn. You can rewind and then get go back several moves and then start over. Or you can start mm. the whole level over if you want. So right. even though it seems easy, there are some boards out of the 100 boards I'm on maybe level 70. There were some boards that I took about several days to beat. Wow. Because, yeah, it's that challenging. It's fun. And I think it's only like $5 on the Switch eShop for Millie and Molly. So if you want to yeah. check it out, definitely do it. It's great. I highly recommend Interesting. it. Yeah. Okay. And get Very Cat nice. Trap. Get Cat Trap while you still can. Because if you love Millie and Molly, find the game that inspired it and play it on your 3DS for $3. Nice. I, I think you'll
2: love it. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I'm playing right now.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So we're going to slide from now playing right into our big question. And this leaves a lot of room for interpretation, really. Um, Big question is, if you could turn any non-video game property into a game in 2022, what would it be and why? Describe this game. So, Ed, this was your question, so I'm going to leave it up to you to uh, lead us into the darkness here.
2: Okay. So, uh,
1: originally, I came up with this question because uh, Uncharted just came out uh, mm-hmm. in Japanese theaters, and I was debating on whether or not to go watch it, but there mm-hmm. were some pretty bad reviews, and <laughs> I abstained for now. Maybe I'll watch it on the streaming device, but... It kind of got me thinking, okay, well, at first we talked about, oh, hey, if there was a video game that you wanted to turn into a movie or TV series, what would it be? But then you kind of gave a a twist on that, saying, like, well, if there's a movie or TV series or whatnot that is non-video game, it's not Mm -hmm. a video game, what would you turn to a video game? And I like that question. So... Yeah. For me, I think the answer would be the Mandalorian. Oh okay. my god, that that movie, uh, that series, TV series. I'm sorry, was so compelling to me. It's like the best thing I've seen in years. And I can imagine Lucas I'm sure they're doing it right now, making a series, uh, a video game that pertains to that series. And I think nowadays you see a lot of companies where they extend the storyline through video yeah. games like the matrix did that so i can see the mandalorian kind of expand their universe using video games to tell more of the story that they don't tell in the tv so what,
0: series what genre would that game be what would it be like
1: hmm it would probably have to be like a either third person or first person shooter okay kind of like it maybe mean so like Battle... Dark Forces
0: or yeah. Jedi Knight, yeah, something okay. like
1: that. Not like Battlefront or what? What was right. that? Yeah, it's Battlefront, right? Um, yeah,
0: Battlefront was the series that was like, it was more about like the online combat aspect of it. Yeah, it's and Dark Forces like and that. Jedi Knight were much more about like, uh, you know, they sort of started off as like Doom knockoffs, but they were much more like. Steeped in like their own sort of narrative,
2: yeah. But
0: don't
1: don't you think that would go out great? Like if some if because EA does have the license for a little bit longer before they have to give it
0: up. So I I have to I have to say this. Um, Mm -hmm. I played Jedi Fallen Order.
2: Is that the newest one?
0: That is the most recent kind of heavy duty Star Wars game. And that one was done by Respawn Entertainment. And the thing is, like, narratively, it feels very much like a throwback to Dark Knight or uh, Dark Forces or Jedi Knight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the thing is, I thought, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I can see how a lot of people are sort of jaded because there's so many games in the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are just like, oh, that's one more Star Wars game. But that game was a really, really interesting blend of action and exploration. Like, it almost felt a little bit more like, um, like you had some combat aspects that felt a little more sort of, um, in the vein of like god of war or not quite as counter heavy as something like a dark souls game demands but like still in that realm Mm -hmm. um but it also had a lot of metroid in its dna you mean like the way no metroid oh really Hmm. yes because of the way um because of the way your powers work and the way you're able to traverse the world and how like you'll get a new ability that'll like allow you to force run like on the sides of walls. And then that'll instantly like open up access to a bunch of places and levels you've already been.
2: Ah, that sounds cool.
0: Yeah. So I don't know, like if there was a game that, if if you had something where it was like you know a chapter in Mando's life like before Grogu came along and it played like Jedi Fallen Order like I would I'm sure I would be all over that shit. Yeah, me too. Like that that would be exciting.
1: Yeah, cuz um yeah, I I know some people they don't want to play a video game to <laughs> extend a storyline. But right. I think that's why as i mentioned before watching someone play it or you know looking at a let's play video i think Mm -hmm. i mean they won't get money ea but at least the fan base will love it i think right but they may encourage them to buy it i don't know who knows but
0: perhaps but that's my choice right on how about you so with regard to this question um I. One of the games that I really need to finish is a game called Carry On. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Carry On is an indie title and it's sort of a Metroidvania. However, the great, great, great wrinkle with it is that, um, unlike in a Metroid game where, like, you know, you're Samus or you're a hero of some sort and you're looking to, you know, make your way through this labyrinth full of all kinds of baddies and whatnot. You are actually the monster.
1: Oh, I, I I heard about this game. It's on Switch, too. I wanted to play this game.
0: Yeah. So I played it, and I really, really dig it. Yeah. But the thing that I'm thinking of, there is this super obscure 1987 sci-fi slash horror movie called The Hidden. And The Hidden was kind of a Terminator ripoff. Yeah. Except the whole thing with The Hidden was that there was this shape-shifting alien parasite and it would make its way into these unsuspecting people in the city of Los Angeles. And it would cause them basically to act out in unbelievably violent ways. Like the creature would have these otherwise like completely innocent law abiding citizens, like stealing a Ferrari and then going joyriding and mowing down pedestrians. Like (laughs) it was some wild shit. So I almost think like if you did something, you know, if there was a, the hidden game, And you were this shape-shifting alien parasite, but it was kind of an open-world thing, all a GTA, yeah, where you could inhabit the bodies of unsuspecting citizens and then create all kinds of havoc while, like, trying to evade law enforcement the entire time, or just Mm. mowing them down. I don't know. Like... To me, that would be an interesting thing, and, like, you know, anytime I have a chance to talk more about The Hidden, like, I'm gonna do it, because it's one of my favorite. Like, I don't know, like, we're in this era where, like, a lot of people, they're thoroughly sick of, like, remakes, reboots, etc., and one of the questions that I always ask myself is, like, I know why they gravitate towards very large, well-known IPs, because... You know, that does so much of your marketing for you ahead of time. If people already know what a thing is and you're delivering more of that thing than your battle to attempt to get through in a crowded marketplace, like, you're already halfway home. Mm. But if you took a look at a lot of, you know, if you're looking through, like, a back catalog, like, why not take a movie that maybe wasn't the best movie ever? And try and deliver like a better version of something like that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and because it's like interactive,
1: what? it'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that in particular would would make for an excellent game. But I also just think, like, in the sphere of trying to do movies, like, why not take a movie that was like a five or a six and try and crank it out, crank out like a solid nine? You know what I mean? Instead of trying to do these things that are already like kind of perfect from the get go, you know.
1: Yeah, I think the deterrent is like you said, uh if the movie didn't do well, then who knows about this movie and why would it be important to them? But then like mm-hmm. you said, if the story they change it and make it even better and have some gameplay features that really amp up the experience, then yeah, I can imagine there could be a game like this and it'd be I don't know do you, I don't know of any game offhand that did that before where they had a movie first and then they said, let's make a game out of it. And then the game became more successful than the movie. If anyone knew, I'd like to know
0: if that more game
1: exists.
2: Six,
0: hmm. That's a good question. I'd have to like do some research on that. Cause I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, most of the time, I mean, most licensed properties, are pretty damn forgetful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if there's ever been one that actually man like usually a game based on a big movie, you know, given the way the economics of those things tend to work. Mm-hmm. Like, you're dealing with a movie studio that's just gonna farm it out to whatever software developer had like the best bid for it. Yeah. And they're probably gonna have a really short deadline for development because you know, they want to time the release of the game to be, you know, right around the same time all the marketing's going for the movie. So, you know, historically, those have not been terribly promising releases, but, But you know.
1: in terms of IP that exists that are popular, there have been a mm-hmm. few games that I read about just recently that um, were much more successful than the movie. There was one involving uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hmm. I believe Activision made that game, and a lot of people say, "Wow, that game's really fun, much better than watching the movie." Right. And also, there was a a Wolverine game that came out around mm-hmm. the time I believe the Origins movie for Wolverine. I don't remember the name, but yeah, they a lot of people loved the game because it was much more violent and more uh... to character with Logan than the movie itself which right. seemed to be quite censored from what everyone was trying to say. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of IP turning into movies, I mean, movies to games. Yeah, I've I've seen that before, but not something that nobody really knew initially as a movie or TV series come out as a video
2: game that became much more popular mm-hmm. in video game form. I would love yeah. to see that. Yeah. But that, that would be cool. For sure, I would be a fan. Let's <laughs> let's find some old movies
1: and publish them as video games and be a pioneer. What do you say, James? <laughs> Something do like it. that. What do we need? What, can, can we be chums with the CEO, you know, of a videoing company? And yeah, let's get this rolling.
2: Woo! Yeah, got time? <laughs>
0: For sure. Yeah, but. I'd love to see it. I agree. So I believe that's, uh, that's all we have for this particular outing of, Oh God, it hurts. Yes. Um, it, once again, it was great to spend a little time with you folks as, uh, Ed and I catch up on, uh, all things gaming and otherwise. Um, we hope you tune in to the next episode and, uh, As always, definitely uh, check out many of the other podcasts that are right here on the Ruminations Radio Network. And uh, ta-ta for now. Peace out. Goodbye. Bye. we going to take a break right now so you can hear more about the fantastic world of podcasts right here on the Ruminations Radio Network. You can check them all out on Apple Fuck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want no. to check out the Fuck. Did you say Apple. making fuck? Did you I did say, say making,
0: making... <laughs> I did. I'm so pleased that's come up again because like that's (laughs) become a running gag in my house because um making fun my lady my lady had never seen the original Clerks yeah so we watched it and now Berserker has become a regular point of reference which is good. Do you always
1: tell her your your love is like a ticking clock? My love for her is
0: ticking clock. Yes.
1: Rebecca.